Tonight, chilling first images of the aftermath of a deadly plane crash in the Northwest Territories. Shattered wreckage at the site where six people were killed. It comes to this, you just don't know what to say. <laughs> a community shares its grief. Sealing the cracks in caucus after a Liberal MP calls for a leadership review, then walks it back. Prime Minister, are you losing support in your caucus? Good to see you guys. In Italy, police slammed the brakes on a shipment of smuggled cars. Canada has really become a source country for stolen vehicles for the world. Plus, new recommendations for parents on risky play. We just have to let them do what they naturally want to do. And a new appreciation for an old breed. They're very popular right now. Very huh? popular. The hardy herd conquering Canadian farms. CTV National News with Omar Sachadina. Good evening, everyone. We are getting some of the first images tonight of the catastrophic and deadly air disaster in the Northwest Territories. The devastating scene revealed today in photos from the Transportation Safety Board. Fragmented pieces of the fuselage, painful reminders of that fatal flight. CTV's Judy Trin is in Yellowknife again for us tonight with the latest on the investigation and the anguish. Pieces of a plane found in the woods near the Fort Smith Airport. It burst into flames on impact. Miraculously, one person survived, but six were killed. The crash victims were mourned at this vigil. Those who couldn't light a candle in person joined online, united in their grief. Hopefully we could move forward and we'll find some house, some way. Fort Smith's mayor says trauma counselors are available to help but he's struggling to ease the pain of the town's 2,200 residents. Being a politician, you're used to talking and everything, and when it comes to this, you just don't know what to say. <laughs> Four of the victims worked at the Diavik Diamond Mine. 1,200 employees work at this site, located on the outer edge of the Arctic Circle. It's a place you can only get to by plane. It worries me. Worries me. I don't like flying on planes too much, especially small planes, although I have to fly a lot. At the Yellowknife Airport, the deaths are acknowledged by flags at half-mast. Workers continue to arrive on small and large planes. Despite the tragedy, some have accepted the risks that come with working in the north. I trust the guys that are flying the planes and, and they definitely have lots of experience. Four investigators with the Transportation Safety Board were on the ground in Fort Smith today. They were interviewing witnesses and collecting evidence. But it could take more than a year for them to complete their investigation, Omar. That's more than a year for families to get answers. All right, Judy, thank you. Members of Parliament returned to the House of Commons on Monday, but one MP isn't waiting until then to walk back comments he made about his boss, the Prime Minister. CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver explains. Uh, six more years. The Prime Minister gave an enthusiastic speech to caucus, an attempt to calm any concerns about his future and rally his colleagues before Parliament returns. It is telling that the Conservatives never leave room to air differences between their colleagues. They want to silence their caucus 
Are you losing supporting your caucus? Good to see you guys. The Prime Minister is facing questions about his leadership after a Newfoundland MP, Ken McDonald, told Radio Canada a leadership review was needed. Today, McDonald retracted his comment, saying, the intent of my recent public comments was not to personally call for a leadership review, and I am not calling for one now. Members of Parliament are going to mumble over this stuff into their beer, but I don't think you're going to see a ton of them talking out in public. It's a rare crack in their pretty stony wall of caucus discipline. Both the Prime Minister and the Liberal Party are down in the polls. The Conservatives have a 13-point lead over the Liberal Party, and Trudeau's popularity as leader is down another eight points, trailing Conservative leader Pierre Polyev at 22%. It's almost impossible for them to form a government at this particular point in time, and they're at a low that we haven't seen since before Justin Trudeau was Prime Minister. So should Trudeau go? Liberal MPs say no. I'm satisfied with his leadership. If he's ready for another go, then he's ready for another go. I think those discussions have to happen in caucus. But McDonald's constituents in Newfoundland appear mixed, and experts say that's not a good sign for the Liberals, who need to win Atlantic Canada. He got to go. That guy got to go. He's ruined Canada. I just want to do my research and see what party might be do the best direction for Newfoundland and Labrador. When you look back at who we have in the oppositions, I think I think I think he's doing okay. The House of Commons returns on Monday, and after about six weeks away, Omar expect it to be very heated. All right, Annie, thank you for this tonight. We are also tracking a couple of other political headlines out of Ottawa tonight. And for that, CTV's chief political correspondent, Vashi Capellos, joins me now. Vashi, let's begin with former Justice Minister and Attorney General David Lametti revealing today he is leaving politics at the end of the month. He was shuffled out of the Liberal cabinet last July, and you spoke to him earlier this evening. To what extent did that shuffle impact his decision to resign? You hit the nail on the head, Omar. It was everything. He told me in that interview that after moving from overseeing a portfolio he was incredibly passionate about to being just a regular MP, he found that he really struggled trying to navigate that. And ultimately, that's what led him to make this decision to move on to a law firm. It's also worth noting that he was Justice Minister when the Emergencies Act was invoked. My understanding is he's very confident that the federal government, though, will win on appeal, and that didn't contribute to this decision. All right. Now, Vashi, another key development today. The U.K. is hitting the pause button on trade talks with Canada. How surprising is that given the close relationship between the two countries? And what are the major sticking points? Yeah, we are close allies. So I know I was surprised. I started working the phones, contacting anyone I could in government, being like, were you expecting this? And most were not expecting it to get to this point. There were irritants. There are irritants, I should say, and big ones, namely cheese. The UK wants more access for its cheese. But we have this sticky thing in Canada called supply management. And the government is really worried that the UK went to this level. They're also worried about how it could impact negotiations in the future when the old NAFTA Part 2 is up for renegotiation. So a, a lot of potential trouble down the road for them on this file. Omar? All right, Vashi, thank you. Russian investigators looking into a fatal military plane crash say they have found the crucial flight recorders. They released video of the debris near the border with Ukraine. Moscow says most of the 74 people aboard were Ukrainian prisoners of war and that Kyiv shot down the aircraft. Ukraine is casting doubt there were POWs aboard and has suggested the plane may have posed a threat. To the conflict in the Middle East now, the directors of the CIA and Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency, are expected to meet with Qatar's prime minister over the weekend to further negotiations on the release of hostages held in Gaza. 
where the United Nations said today a dozen people were killed after one of its shelters was struck yesterday. Here's CTV's Heather Wright. Smoke billows in the background as Palestinians flee Khan Yunus, where fighting between Israel and Hamas has intensified. The Israeli army says they have now encircled the southern city, where thousands are trapped inside hospitals, according to the UN. Further north, the Hamas-run health ministry says Israeli shells hit a crowd of people waiting for aid today, killing at least 20 and wounding more than 100. We were waiting for the truck, says Mohammed al-Rifi, who was injured. Then they hit us. Israel says it is looking into these reports. At the border with Gaza, families of the hostages still being held protested at the Karim Shalom crossing, trying to block aid from getting into Gaza in a bid to put more pressure on both their government and Hamas to reach an agreement. There's no humanitarian steps for our hostages over there. But negotiations have been complicated by the release of an audio recording that Israeli media says is of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, criticizing Qatar, calling them more problematic than the UN and Red Cross. Qatar has been at the center of negotiations between Israel and Hamas and released a statement calling the leaked recording appalling. These remarks, if validated, are irresponsible and destructive to the efforts to save innocent lives, but are not surprising. They know who they're dealing with. They don't trust Bibi Netanyahu. John Allen is a former Canadian ambassador to Israel and says Netanyahu is trying to place the blame on others. He's basically trying to tell hostage families, oh, it's not my fault. It's Hamas's fault. It's the Qataris' fault. The United States is reportedly sending its CIA director to meet with Qatari, Egyptian and Israeli officials, part of an effort to kickstart negotiations for the release of more hostages and a longer ceasefire. Omar. All right, Heather, thank you. We have a major international bust to tell you about tonight involving more than 250 stolen luxury vehicles from Canada's biggest cities. And as CTV's Chris Najkate tells us, they were recovered thousands of kilometers away from home. Hidden at this busy port in southern Italy is one of organized crime's biggest illegal money-making operations. Italian authorities, with the help of the RCMP, recovered 251 vehicles that were stolen in Canada and destined for the Middle East. Canada has really become a source country for stolen vehicles for the world. Expensive, high-end vehicles from Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver found inside shipping containers that arrived on 18 different cargo ships. Experts say thieves are getting more advanced in how they steal vehicles. The remote for your car is essentially a radio. They come with a big antenna, they amplify that signal and they open the door to the car. Since September, police in the Greater Toronto Area have made 89 arrests laid 554 charges and recovered 109 vehicles. Insurance companies have, have had uh, no choice but to pass on a lot of these uh, costs onto consumers. Police say thieves are becoming more desperate with carjackings in broad daylight. It's economics. It's the same when they go from one drug to another, when they change from, you know, cocaine to heroin to fentanyl. It's about money. Next month, Ottawa will hold a national summit on car thefts aimed at finding a solution to this growing problem that's cost insurance companies more than a billion dollars.
Omar. All right, Creason, thanks. A Calgary 911 operator is under arrest tonight for allegedly helping organized crime. Citizens and first responders trust us with their confidential information. And to have that confidence eroded in any way is something we take incredibly seriously. Police say 58-year-old Mariana Buenancontri used her position to access sensitive personal information of individuals, then passed it on to criminal groups. If you are a mom or dad, you may be surprised to hear the Canadian Pediatric Society is advocating for a kind of parenting reset, pushing for, quote, risky play, defined as activities that involve uncertain outcomes and even the possibility of physical injury. Here's CTV's Genevieve Beauchemin. New doctor's orders may seem somewhat counterintuitive. Expose your children to risk. Unstructured outdoor play, climbing high, running fast, even carving using a knife. This is the type of play that um, is engaging, is thrilling, exciting, that challenges children uh, to uh, do as much as they can and test their limits. The message is bubble wrapping children is more risky than letting kids take risks themselves. I'm really stuck. Leo's mom embraces that medical advice. Figuring things out for themselves, there's nothing wrong with bumps and scrapes, and you know, that's part of growing up, part of childhood. Lauren Krakauer has three children, writes a blog including family activity suggestions. She's long promoted unstructured play that includes a dose of risk. Bubble wrapping them. Sometimes it's our instinct as moms. Yes, though. yes. And, and I think that's normal. I mean, I've had those moments myself after he broke his arm for the first time. I was petrified of letting him go play, but you have to give them their space. Overall, children now spend less time outdoors, more time in front of screens, and that has health consequences. Obesity rates have tripled over the past 30 years. Mental health and social issues are on the rise, too. The remedy, say pediatricians, is to expose them to risk so they build confidence. There is a line, of course, a difference between risk and hazard. A hazard, on the other hand, is a situation where the potential for injury is beyond that child's capacity to recognize it or manage it. That isn't always clear-cut. Take this controversy in Toronto. The city recently shut down 45 toboggan hills. The idea that we are not able to manage the liability for tobogganing, uh, frankly, came out of left field. Overall, those in the business of injury prevention say parents and children need to assess not what is 100% safe, but what is as safe as necessary. The advice to parents is to yell out the words, be careful, less often. Omar. All right, Jen, thank you. Coming up, unprecedented execution. This is not what real justice or real accountability looks like. Outcry over the use of an untested method for the first time in the U.S. Alabama has become the first American state to take an uncharted path to end the life of a murder convict on death row. As CTV's Sarah Plowman reports, the decision has sparked strong reaction. Two years ago, Alabama tried to execute convicted murderer Kenneth Smith by lethal injection. That failed. They couldn't get the needle in his veins. Now, a new method, nitrogen gas. The fact that they've got me lined up to be the first with gas um, is really terrifying. As late as today, Smith tried to persuade the U.S. Supreme Court to stop this execution. That failed. The method involves strapping a convict to a gurney with a mask, releasing a flow of nitrogen, and depriving the body of oxygen. 
Alabama argues it's painless and humane. Opponents disagree. Uh, this is untested. This is experimental. Um, and there are a number of risks that uh, we can't be sure the state has accounted for. In 1988, Smith murdered Elizabeth Sennett, hired by her husband, a pastor. Her sons have waited for an apology that never came, but say they forgive. Do I like what they've done? No. But that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. There is a link to Canada here. A justice advocacy group says the subsidiary of a Quebec-based company makes the masks. CTV News reached out but did not hear back. Sarah Plowman, CTV News, Fredericton. One of the biggest names in professional wrestling has been accused of years of sexual assault, trafficking, and physical abuse. WrestleMania! The founder of WWE, Vince McMahon, is facing a federal lawsuit filed by a former employee. Janelle Grant says she was promised job security in exchange for sex. McMahon's spokesperson said in a statement that the lawsuit is replete with lies. McMahon stepped down as CEO in 2022. And a senior leader of the Roman Catholic Church in Quebec is also facing accusations of sexual assault. Cardinal Gérald Lacroix is among 15 people whose names have been added to a list of alleged perpetrators in a class action lawsuit against the Quebec City Archdiocese. The allegations date back to the late 80s involving a 17-year-old alleged victims. None of the accusations have been tested in court and the church has not commented. More legal trouble tonight for former Spanish soccer president Luis Rubiales. A high court judge wants him to stand trial over the kiss he planted on player Jenny Hermoso at last year's Women's World Cup. The judge called the kiss not consensual and surprising and is recommending trial on charges of sexual assault and coercion. Rubiales has denied any wrongdoing. He faces up to four years in prison if convicted. Still ahead. The cheating scandal in Saskatchewan and the nursing students who say they're being unfairly targeted. Investigators in northern Ontario are looking into what caused a massive apartment building fire and explosion that sent three firefighters to hospital. The blast inside the residential fourplex triggered a collapse, knocking firefighters to the ground. They were treated in hospital but none of the residents was injured. Dozens of nursing students in Regina are under investigation for allegedly cheating during exams. They say a defect in online monitoring software is to blame. Here's CTV's Allison Bamford. A stressful start to the semester had Tyvin Yee worried about his future in nursing. The second-year student nearly missed out on a clinical placement after he says he was wrongly accused of cheating. Well, I felt powerless. About 50 nursing students received this email at the start of the month, informing them their final exams were under review and they'd be pulled from any placements that needed a passing grade from the fall semester class. I'd planned out my schedule and all of a sudden all that went out the door. These students were flagged for suspicious behavior during their online exams through proctoring software, an anti-cheating system. The dean admits technology isn't perfect, but made the choice to hold back students while they investigated. It was really about finding a balance between patient safety and our students' ability to, to move forward. The software is used across Canadian universities to combat online cheating, but some experts are critical of the programs that they say create unnecessary stress. There are other pods available that don't involve surveilling students. 
Some of the nursing students, including Yi, were cleared, but most cases found grounds for academic misconduct. It's part of a larger trend Canadian universities are seeing, brought on by the pandemic and a rise in artificial intelligence. Allison Bamford, CTV News, Regina. We also learned today that the popular singer-songwriter known as Melanie has died at her home in Tennessee. You got something for me. Perhaps best known for her hit 1971 song, Brand New Key, Melanie rose through the New York folk scene and performed at Woodstock. No word on the cause of her death. She was 76 years old. After the break, meet Scotland's gentle giants stealing farmers' hearts in Canada. We leave you tonight with a bovine bonanza in the prairies. The Highland cow is a Scottish breed that is now also capturing the hearts of Canadian farmers. Here's CTV's Jill Mackishon. They're short, hairy, and hardy. The Highland cow is on the move, finding its way into Manitoba and beyond. We started off with just a couple and slowly we've built into this. In five years, the herd has grown to about 50 cows. They're very, very hardy breed. Absolutely fantastic to have, especially in Manitoba weather. The long fringe keeps buzzing insects out of their eyes in summer. The horns ward off predators. These animals, known for their shaggy coats, which had offered protection in the highlands, also protects them from the harsh prairie winters. The top coat is the long hair, and that's where they keep oil. It's oily so that the rain and the snow just strips off. The Vandenbush family bought their first Highlands six years ago. We only have a small acreage here, and uh, Highlands uh, feed very well off of uh, just sticks and scrub that's kicking around here. The Highland cow is smaller than other breeds. It's also very docile, growing in popularity on social media. Even this herd is Insta-worthy. Cows, those are the best. Or dogs. Cows or dogs. The market for Highlands is growing across North America as breeders see the benefits. Cows that sold for a couple of thousand dollars a few years ago are now worth three times as much. People are looking at for better quality beef because of what they eat. The flavor of the beef is a lot better. And the shaggy coats that keep the animals warm also contributes to the quality of the beef. That makes them lower in fat therefore lowering cholesterol. With more than 330 registered producers in Canada now, this cow craze is just beginning. Jill Mackishon, CTV News, near Holland, Manitoba. Animals that are becoming superstars. And that's a snapshot of this Thursday. Heather's here tomorrow. For all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching and good night. National News, Canada's number one newscast.